0: Welcome to San Diego Magazine's Happy Half Hour. This is our occasionally fun and food and drink filled podcast. (laughs) When, you know, the city's not just filled with smoke and (laughs) things along those lines. I'm one of your hosts, David Martin. Happy to be here with you. With me as always is Mr. Troy Johnson, who is also not in San Diego at this current time.
1: Oh, God, I'm on the road. Yeah, so I'm, I'm on assignment somewhere for something I can't talk about. Um, Super secret, Um, but uh, I'm in Indiana, uh, you know, and I just, I just landed in Bloomington, Indiana, which is a great little town. Um, You know, it it has a um, like cool little downtown area, a bunch of like new little restaurants, you know, they've got, obviously they they grow like 9,000% of our corn and soybeans. I swear to God, driving (laughs) out here, it is children of the corn. It is non-stop corn. I, 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 and I know that. And I know every time I drive through here, I'm like, it's gotta be corn. Just prepare yourself and don't overreact. And there's more corn. And you're just like, Oh my God, look at the corn. Oh my God. And it, it is nonstop, man. And every time it freaks me out and I try not to get freaked out by it, but yeah, that's it. Um, anyway, Great little town. I'm stoked to be, I'll be back in San Diego
0: next week. Have you had any uh, corn inspired dishes that have been rather exciting?
1: You know, you know it, what's interesting about the corn around here is I don't think they actually use it for food. What they use it for is, you know, ethanol. They <laughs> use it into packaged products. They use it into, I think it's a lot, la- like food is the last thing that the corn in the middle of America gets used for. You know, I mean, it, it, all of the bags that you see, the bags of potato chips, that's what that corn is going to go towards. <laughs> oh, it's not tortillas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not tortillas, it, exactly. It's, it's such an interesting concept, <laughs> my God.
0: And that there was the voice of Marie Tutko, who was lucky enough to get a couple hours out of her day to record this while we get deadline done for the next issue of the magazine. How's it going, Marie?
2: Oh, it is going good. We are closing our next issue. It's the combined October, November edition. We're sending that to the printer next week and that should uh, be out by um, early next month. So we're looking forward to it.
1: And Troy's late with his deadline. So, uh,
2: sort of. No, I, I wasn't going to say that and put you on blast.
1: <laughs> you know, I'm I think for myself on blast. I'm going to say mea culpa. Uh, <laughs> um, I need to do better in life. Thank you very much for tolerating me.
0: I think the rule is that you're supposed to drink every time Troy says that. So <laughs> <laughs> It's the Troy Johnson drinking game. <laughs> oh my God. Well, if you haven't listened to our show before uh this is our fun little food and drink podcast we're gonna go through some local news and notes of san diego and we have an awesome special guest with us he's uh right here on this awesome zoom call with us as well it's eric bost and he is the new chef of june and joe lee eric thank you for joining us today
3: yeah thanks for having me hello everyone
1: yeah welcome to san diego my friend we'll talk more about your history here but it's it's uh it's a, it's a pretty history, I gotta say,
3: man. <laughs> it's a long history. I'm super excited to be in San Diego. So awesome, awesome, <laughs> yeah.
0: Great, great. Well, let's just jump right into the news. We got a bunch of really good stuff today, and it's kind of awesome. Restaurant Week just started. Marie, what's uh, going on with Dine Diego?
2: So it did just uh, launched today on Tuesday, and instead of just one week of uh, promoting restaurants. It's gonna go on for uh, the whole month. So it's gonna happen till October 15th. So it's a re- reboot of the traditional event. Um, as of today, 160 restaurants have signed up and um, you can go online to San SanDiegoRestaurantWeek.com and search to see who has to-go cocktails, you know, who has outdoor dining, you know, who's open for brunch. So it's a really good directory. And if you see a restaurant that you like, you can click on it and, you know, check out what their special offer is going to be for the whole month. And they're also giving away uh, 52 dining gift certificates to one person, and they have a whole social media promotion that they're doing. So go online and check it out and find a local restaurant to support.
1: Yeah, you know, in Restaurant Weeks, you know, they originally started in multiple cities because, you know, restaurants suffer through the wintertime a lot of times. Um, so during the slow seasons, they usually, you know, help drive traffic to restaurants, you know, and they help, you know, just use as a marketing arm to get people into the new restaurants, try them out, admit they like this usually with a prefixed meal. You know a three courses that's set you get it for 20 30 40 dollars you know and then you you know you like it you come back you become a regular you 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 drive traffic to that business and obviously we need that right now more than anything but what i love to see about this one is that they for a long time and there's nothing wrong with it having been paid you know like restaurants had to pay to get into the restaurant association in order to get into the restaurant week and a lot of people had a lot of problem with that to be honest with you um but you know i i understand it i was like well that's okay they have a lot of marketing that they're bringing to the restaurants you know and if you have the money to participate in it you can for this one though because everybody really needs help you know they've uh, waived all the um, participation and membership membership fees. So anybody, oh, any restaurant across San Diego, no matter if you've got a dime or a dollar, you know, can participate. So obviously, as we urge on this podcast all the time, go out and support your restaurants. You know, do it safe. If you don't feel safe when you walk up and it doesn't look like they're social distancing, get the hell out of there. But if you do, <laughs> go visit them. <laughs>
0: Previously, I never really was a big fan of going to restaurants during restaurant week. I think maybe it's probably because we're also a lot more familiar with it, but I I didn't like that it felt like people just trying to get deals from these places that they wouldn't normally go. But with this kind of reinvention of it, I just, I I love it and it seems great for the community as a whole. So on that note, on my favorite uh, news item of the week, because it involves (laughs) fried chicken, (laughs) Michael Mina just launched a pop-up. What's going on?
2: So he did, it's called Tokyo Hot Chicken, and um, he's operating the pop-up um, in his kitchen at International Smoke um, in the Mall One Paseo. So it's kind of like a ghost kitchen, and um, it's, the chicken's available only by delivery. You cannot order online and go pick it up or um, eat in, and you can only get it delivered if you live within six miles of the restaurant, so uh, thanks Michael Mina, that's not fair, I can't try it, (laughs) unless maybe I have to send it to Fiona's house and then go pick it up. Maybe I'll have to do that. (laughs) But it looks like a mix of uh, uh, Japanese-style fried chicken, karaage, and uh, the Nashville hot. So it's seasoned with a lot of togarashi, that's uh, the chili spices, um, dipping sauces with QP mayo, and furikake, that's the chopped seaweed. So it, it, it looks like San Diego's a test market for his new chicken concept, and it sounds it sounds pretty cool.
1: And Michael Mina, for all of you don't know, I mean, he's one of the best chefs in California, has been for a long time, you know, and he, you know, people can, you know, can say, oh, it's a chain, you know, I'm like, yes, it is a chain. But you know what, he, he employs like some of the best general managers, some of the best cooks in San Diego. And Michael Mina has personally mentored half of San Diego's chefs. <laughs> I swear to God, every time I run into a chef, have you ever worked with Mina, Eric?
3: I haven't, but I'm actually good friends with a couple of their corporate team. So I know their old corporate pastry chef, uh, Dave Varley, who's down. So it's a small, tight crew. They've been with him a long time. Mm-hmm. A lot of them have come through Vegas and gone around. So it's big, big structure. But those the, the team knows how to cook for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's just a good dude, and you know, it's it's one of those. You know, there's certain chains, you know, like with the, the ones with the flare and that sort of stuff, and they're selling big margaritas that I might tell you, like you know, that's probably <laughs> not a that's not a best investment. Your dollar, to a local restaurant. But Mina really does invest in the local team talent here, and that sounds like a damn new concept. Good concept. Question for you, Eric do you, When are you going to get your own ghost chicken? And when are you going to do our ghost chicken? Ghost kitchen, because everybody's doing it now. And yeah, how right. pressure do you feel, even though you come from a very uh, um, high dining place? Do you feel the pressure to do your own hot chicken anytime? I don't soon?
3: know. Maybe I do more now that you're bringing it up. You're like, <laughs> you're out there. Um no, one each thing in its time, you know? It's like one step before the next. So, yeah. first I'd big goals where where, where I am at. I've got a lot to do walking in. Um so that's the first.
1: Okay. All right. ghost kitchen later and then maybe a hot chicken. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs>
0: uh I have no idea that I've been pronouncing Katarage wrong all these years.
2: Wait. kata
0: karaage. cuz like I think I've always like said like Karagi or something along those lines. Just another one of those words that I'm like, Oh, well, way to, way to mess that one up, David. Well,
1: I think you you probably said garage because you're, you know, you're in a band and you think of a garage band. A garage. You know? Exactly, exactly.
0: <laughs> I,
2: I haven't heard it pronounced that way before, but it has a, it has a fun ring to it.
0: <laughs> Marie, tell us about this new Thai restaurant opening up in East San Diego.
2: It's called So Sup, and it's on 47th and Market. And the menu focuses on street food from both uh, Thailand and Laos. I don't know who's behind the restaurant, but it looks like a small uh, family-owned establishment. And they did a really big push on social media, on Instagram, and they posted photos of their dishes. There's a lot of spicy noodle soups and lop uh, one of our favorite salads and mm. their opening was actually so successful that they had to close early on opening day because they started running out of supplies and uh, this is also a neighborhood where we don't see a lot of new activities so uh, this is great news for them yeah
1: i mean that's that's pretty much a story right there it's a great new Thai place opening up in a time of you know economic direness you know i mean and it's in time we've talked to a bunch of restaurant tourists who have stopped their openings you know and you know I, i've called it off or postponed it and obviously we've lost a lot too so you see a local place like that open up go support them go check it out it's it's thai food when you really can't go wrong i mean you can and you can go terribly wrong but thai food is one of the safest for me you know just you know get those Those noodles, I mean, really pan-sautéed in that oil, get enough chili in there, and I will
0: probably eat it, you know. (laughs) (laughs) One last news item for the day and another good positive story to see, Kettner Exchange is expanding to a second location.
2: They are, and it's called the Waverly in Cardiff, and uh, the menu is also being developed by Chef Brian uh, Redzikowski from Kettner Exchange. It's going to be over by a seaside market and it's opening in October and it's going to be more of a daytime place. Whereas, you know, the little Italy location has more of a night feel. So it's going to be heavy on breakfast, brunch and lunch. And what we did see that they posted on eater as they shared some of their drink menu and a couple of things do look really interesting. Their signature house drink, the Waverly is made with gin, Blueberry, oat milk, lemon, and nutmeg. That sounds like a healthy breakfast. Oh, Jesus, what hippies. (laughs) (laughs) And they also have an old fashioned, that's gonna be made with bourbon, macadamia, nut, and mole.
1: Oh, there you go—a mole drink. I like the the kind of expansion of mole drinks, um, especially with the old fashioned. The uh, Bradzakowski is obviously a re- really good chef. Um, and he's, he's done a lot of great things. Cardiff is I stoked for that addition. I'm, I'm envious of Cardiff for that addition. Um, Cardiff is one of my favorite beach towns in the world, and you know they and they have good food. But you know that the expansion of some of the better chefs in San Diego up to the beach towns really hasn't happened until the last few years. June at Jolie being a great example. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, Carlsbad, you know, was sleepy. I mean, it was really sleepy, you know, and needed some help. You know, I know that the owners of June at Jolie, every time I say that, I'd be like, oh man, don't say that we're the only good thing in town. But you know what, honestly, maybe it was, it was pretty close at that point, you know? <laughs> and I had been surfing there my entire life, You know, and I'd always end up going back down to Encinitas. Uh, But now you're seeing Cardiff get some real, you know, I mean, some good chefs, you're getting, people are really investing in those little towns because they don't feel like they need to be downtown or Little Italy anymore, or North Park. You know, uh, other people eat in other places too. And they like good food, you know?
0: Well, that was Hot Plates for you. Just as a reminder, every week Marie does put up a blog post on San Diego Magazine linking to all these awesome openings and stories and whatnot. And also i want to remind you that we want to hear from you have any questions for troy or need a recommendation for takeout give us a call at 619-744-0535 and leave us a voicemail or if you want you can also email us at happy half hour sdmag.com and i also want to let you know about a little contest that we have going on in san it's the enter our ultra lean grilling photo contest presented by michelob ultra Nothing says summer like barbecues and ice cold beer, but in a health conscious city like San Diego, just greasy burgers and heavy brews just won't do. Lighten up your grilling spread and show us what eats your cooking up with a Michelob Ultra. Add a quick description and submit to the website for your chance to win a Michelob Ultra air fryer as well as a essentials basket for grilling valued at $350. Please enter by September 29th at sandiegomagazine.com. And with that, I'd love to introduce our special guest who has been with us this whole time, uh, Chef Eric Bost. Eric just relocated here from LA to take over as the executive chef at at Jolie. Eric has worked for some of the best restaurants in the world, such as Alain Ducasse in Paris, Guy Savoy in Las Vegas and Singapore, and most recently was the chef and owner at Auburn in Los Angeles, which made GQ's best restaurants in America's list. We've been really, really excited uh, to hear about the news of Eric coming to San Diego. So we're super happy to have you on the show. Thank you again for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Did I get all those pronunciations right?
3: You did. Perfect. <laughs> did you see him
0: sweating a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, all right. So, Eric, I, I, first I want to start off. I mean, I, I'm, I'm sorry to hear about your restaurant. I, I know that Auburn... Everything I read, it was on my list. Um, you know, everything I read that from anybody that I re- that really followed in food said how amazing it was, and I know that you worked your ass off for so long, you know, and I'm sure that that wasn't your ideal ending for Auburn. Um, can, can you can you walk us through that a little bit? I mean, what's happened in last? I mean, tell every kind of tell everybody what Auburn was all about and what happened there and how you found yourself in San Diego.
3: Sure, sure. Um first, I appreciate all the kind words. I mean, I think, I think it was in a short time we were open. I felt like we had, you know, started to make our place in LA. We, the goal was to go in, develop an identity, um, fairly quickly. I I really wanted to look at cooking from a fine dining perspective, but dining from something that came, um, much more casual. So it was really about looking at all of the, um, sort of, hesitations that people have to go to a fine dining and, and remove those. So we wanted to lower the cost. We wanted people to be casually dressed. We wanted a higher energy environment, but I, I really wanted the food to be delicious, um, to be beautiful, to be really elegant as well. So it was trying to, you know, look at maybe how a European one star fits in a town or, or a city there and, and try and you know, export that experience, um, into LA. And I've, um, It took two years to get the restaurant open so we we made it about 15 months um but two years of build out very expensive build out we had high goals and uh i had a great partner we you know things happen delays happen but it was it was pretty much a mountain in the end um to overcome so when COVID hit we took a step back we preserved everything we could i mean like almost every restaurant preserve everything you can take a breath figure out what the next path forward is and you know at that point everyone was trying to figure things out went into a curbside model did that for about 4 to 5 weeks but this entire time we were looking okay when is this over how do we exit and we were still the young restaurant i mean a year in um, we again we started to to get our legs under us but you know you're yeah. still in growth mode and you're you're trying to figure out the finance and you're trying to still yell at the world that you exist and Um, So looking at the long term was looking at kind of reinvention. I didn't foresee, you know, interestingly enough, a tasting menu only restaurant. When we were coming out the other side, it was how do we make it more approachable even than it was, right? And our bar was a la carte, so we were looking at, you know, bringing out a la carte menus and. Um, and everything. And, and we just ended up, it was, it was so much risk to go in and reinvent at that point mm-hmm. that we made the decision with my partners that, that, you know, there was basically no more money to put in and we didn't have the cash flow to support. We didn't want to leave our suppliers short. We didn't want to leave our team short. So we knew what was there. Basically look at, you know, give everyone a little bit of cushion to, or severance, you know, for, to try and um, buffer a little bit. We made care packages and, and we tried to take care of the team but but again, the supply chain we wanted to make sure all our invoices were paid and and that was it unfortunate i mean it it was for me, the menu format was something I came up with when I left guy Savoy's organization and and again looked to maybe deformalize a little bit and so that menu idea was a five year life to get to even open it and see how it worked and and you know i I thought it was working good. I mean, January and February are our best months ever. And we were, we on track to, to do great, but it was just this thing kind of um, pulled the rug out from under us. And, and the unfortunate thing is just the love and the work that so many people put into it was, was really difficult.
1: Yeah. I mean, what do you It hit fine dining. I mean, we know I'm on the road right now and I'm talking to some, you know, um, almost meal prep, you know, there's a, there's a business out here that does some meal prep. And, you know, they basically create homemade meals, you know, that people can take to go and put in the freezer. They are doing amazing. You know, I mean, it, it, that the, this hit their model, you know, to go, you know, it hit our fine dining establishments especially hard, right?
3: Yeah. You know,
1: I mean, you guys, you, you spent years studying under the masters, you know, you've, you've put in your time, you know, you're sure you've been in the dish pit as well as, you know, been a chef and been everything else, you know, and then you worked your way up and you open open up this beautiful place that you spend so much money on that's where we are our, our culture our restaurant culture got hit the hardest what do you see it looking like after this I mean are is it going to be hard on almost every high end are you, do you think we're going to be decimated on the high end
3: I think I mean it's hard on everyone like top to yeah. bottom right now and there, there are a few people who are thriving but I'd say that was the absolute my, it's certainly the minority but it's a very yeah. very small to people. Um, high end for sure. Everyone's having to, to like, you know, the, the classic word pivot, figure out what's going to work for them. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think there's going to be less risk taking for sure. Mm-hmm. I think that people are going to look at, at lower investment um, businesses when they're opening. So, you know, already the trend over the past few decades has just been lower margins, higher costs all around, including labors, rents, everything that, that makes it more difficult to turn a profit is now it's, how do we absolutely execute the, the minimum amount of cost by still holding that identity? And I just feel like people are maybe not gonna take that extra 10% risk, you know, unless, unless your group can absorb it or you just have, you know, nobody's really like putting that much money out anymore. I think you're you're trying to figure out, yeah, how do you survive? How do things open back up? I mean, things are here opening up, which is a great sign. That's certainly much better than most places in California. Um, So there's positive signs out there. I mean, it's certainly not the end of the industry. I think it's an opportunity to, to, you know, reestablish some priorities.
1: That's what I kind of hear from you when you were just saying, you know, we were running towards a smaller and smaller profit margins, you know, and do you think it was kind of, a correction that needed to happen in the restaurant industry. I mean, I mean, obviously this is not good for anyone, and nobody wishes any any of this. You know, I mean, Auburn was, you know, by every rights, you know, a star. Nobody wants to see any of those places close. You know, but like you're saying like the profit margins, and this may not apply to, to Auburn, but you know, the um, profit margins in higher end are getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And do you think this will help have a healthy readjustment for the industry that will kind of have a more sustainable future?
3: I think we'll, we'll be able to have a more sustainable future because we start to look more, more granular at everything across the board. So there's not one thing to trump something else. And I think we've already doing that now um, in restaurants. I think it's just going to more hyper-focus everyone's attention. I, I certainly don't want to think that like it's going to help, I don't know, weed out the weakness of it um, there are inherent weaknesses there, but there's inherent beauty as well. I mean, the reason we do this is because we love to be around people and we love to be hospitable and we love to create experiences and we love to work with concrete. And I mean, it's, you know, to take a product from a farmer and have that interaction and then bring it into a team and have that interaction and put it in front of someone else and have that it's, it's this entire chain. So I think that it's, It's just skewing things. I don't know if it's going to make it better. It's just going to make it different.
1: (laughs) Gotcha. Yeah. I understand that completely. Um, the, and what about Juna Jolie? How did you, I mean, I know you said you had been in there to eat once. I mean, how did, how did that connection make? I mean, we're, damn glad to have you in San Diego. It's a great addition to our food culture, you know, because, you know, I know that you will be working with the purveyors that really, you know, deserve attention as well. And, you know, really doing food in, a, in thoughtful ways. But I mean, how, how did how they, I
0: mean, was it like LinkedIn? Was
1: it Indeed.
3: a-
0: Indeed.com? Yeah.
3: <laughs> no, I mean, through, we, so John Resnick owns Campfire and Joan and Jolie, right? Joan and Jolie, the, the younger, um, newer restaurant of the the two in the group, him and I, he uh we became acquainted through honestly (laughs) through one of the members of the pr team that we had at auburn used to work for his pr team down here so we had a mutual connection um she brought the point that we should talk and just because she thought we would get along and we have sort of similar ideas of you know what the restaurant should be as far as menu structure and price points and we have very different identities for the restaurant you put them side by side and they don't look alike but i think in from a philosophical level um we have a lot of sort of congruencies uh and points in common so she kind of hooked us up from a conversation, we, we chatted on the phone just about like business and what was going on. And, and John's great about just talking to people and understanding different perspectives, because I think he's always looking, how can we apply, um, best practices from other people in the industry and into our team? So how do we make a stronger restaurant? He's like nonstop and vigilant about that. Um, and so it's part of the conversation. Uh, he came up, we had coffee. Another time I came down, we had coffee and just like Talking about the the, the industry and um, and business and restaurants and cooking and, and all of that. And so when when the chef partner here decided that he was transitioning in, in priorities and priorities and moving past the restaurant, it was it was that sort of natural progression into. I was looking to surround myself with as creative people, with as driven people as possible, and people who I thought were were putting their resources in the good good places. Um, you know, investing in their team, having a good training program, really trying to balance like make things understandable and approachable and, and honor sort of everyone in the entire organization and John and his team really do that. So for me, it was great to kind of come back here. It's right down the road. I love Southern California. I mean, I lived in Cardiff 15 years ago. That's where I'm (laughs) back in Cardiff now, where I stay. I mean, I love sort of North County and, and, you know, there's great farmers down here that we use all the time at Auburn and they're in the Santa Monica's farmers market and then there's people we can have like Chinos and, you know, they're right down the road and Garland mm-hmm. and Doug and J.R. Organics and, and Garcia and, you know, there's just great products. For me, honestly, it was it was sort of the opportunity to be closer to land where L.A. is so big that we have the markets and we can talk to farmers. But it takes too long of a commitment to get out to farms very often. And I feel like here we can become much more ritual and, and um, routine and we can involve the entire team more often. So that's one point that I'm definitely excited to come back. So it's kind of a natural conversation. He saw a need, you know, I, I see the goals of this restaurants um, are similar to what we had. And, and I thought that, you know, it was a great opportunity. And the team sort of convinced me. So I met the entire kind of management team court team um, and part of the process. And so,
1: and they all seem to have similar ideas or like a similar focus that wouldn't like undermine or not jive with what you wanted to do.
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the thing you want to like nothing in, in cooking for sure. Restaurants in general and hospitality, it's not like driven by one person, right? I mean, it's top down as far as example, but it's also, you need everyone in that in that team and that chain to, to be operating well. And so you need like cohesive atmosphere. You also need people who are like, who can handle stress, but also who can take pleasure in that stress and like who thrive on it and love it. And so, um, you know, I, I found all those things here, which was which was cool. And, and it was a good opportunity. I mean, I had a lot of conversations going on. Um, I would imagine. Yeah. And for me, again, it, it kind of boiled down to that. Like wh- who are the people I, I trusted the most to see, you know, my career their career the the next steps in the into the future so
0: hmm. so how's the uh uh coming through are you going to be doing any menu changes or anything like that are we going to see any kind of new items
3: well, i, I- I think now, so everything is starry nights, right? It's all outdoor dining for the moment. I think even though indoor dining is opening up, we've kind of decided we're not gonna, you know, do seven different iterations of the restaurant. We're gonna try and keep things grounded and focused, make sure the guests can expect, or they, they know what to expect when they come in. And then as things open up, you know, maybe it's 75%, then we can start to transition back in. So right now, starry night is a five course menu. Um, and that's what we're running. One core one menu only for everyone. Obviously we have we cater to dietary restrictions, vegetarian, vegan, whatever um things that we need with a bit of notice. But that format I, I foresee staying for for you know, until things open up more, which is, is the big question, the big unknown. And but for the list- the like you did an amazing job.
0: Uh, so is it going to be something that's like changes on like a daily basis, depending on well, what's fresh ingredients and for these, like kinda, I mean the, the
3: menu runs every two weeks. So it's five mm-hmm. courses. We'll launch a new menu tomorrow. So that menu will run for two weeks. We'll start working on the following menu next week. And then we're always kind of a week ahead from, from the team. So the, the reason I'm in today is to sort of help out with a, conversation we had last Tuesday. So we're executing and starting to prep and set things up for the team for tomorrow. Tomorrow's day one of the menu, and then we run through. And so it's, that'll it be, it'll change completely every two weeks.
1: Nice. And the, I mean, if everybody doesn't know our, our listeners, I mean, Jonah Jolie basically recreated their restaurant in the parking lot. And when I say parking lot, it's not a parking lot anymore. It has beautiful trees. It's got the lights <laughs> strung up. It's, they did an amazing job with the help of the city, letting them permit that and zone that, you know, and created a really amazing al fresco experience, you know, because I mean, June Jolie is so much about the charm too, you know, so much. They spent so much on the, you know, the look, the feel, the, mm-hmm. the, the coziness that, you know, that, that very French, you know, um, feeling to it. You know, and and to not have be able to go into that restaurant was, I'm sure it was a soul crusher for John. You know, and I think they did the best that they possibly could and created some really nice outdoor spaces. That's what we're calling very nice.
3: Yeah. I mean, he told me he was thinking about, you know, they were going to put trees in the parking lot and paint and like set things around it. You get this idea of like things you would go buy and small trees. I mean, I came and when I came for a coffee, there's like 15 foot olive trees that were (laughs) dropped down and they built (laughs) the planters around it. I mean, you don't feel like you're in a parking lot. It's, it's, it feels like an extension of the restaurant that's been there for, for a while. And it really does have a character and a personality. It's, it's like, it's a beautiful atmosphere for nighttime. So. And we have that five, I mean, I'd say five course tasty menu. We also, there's a few things that are a la carte as well. They're still doing, they did Plateau de Freedom Air. So like cold oysters and crab and um, and mussels. So there is like a few add-ons that you can get as well. Um, so those things exist. So people can kind of tailor their experience as well. So.
1: All right, so you knew, that, I mean, obviously you've, you've worked with some of the best chefs in the, in the world, and the, you, you know San Diego, you were here 10, 15 years ago. Would you have ever come to San Diego 15 years ago, or was it the evolution and a little bit of maturity? And again, we're not San Francisco, we're not Portland yet, you know, but we have come a long way in 10 to 15 years. Was that part of the reason why you were kind of wanted to come back? Did that play into it at all? You're like, no, we still didn't have well, so way far to go, you know?
3: No, I think I think the no the 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 potential or the growth of the city I think is definitely one of the draws. I mean everything is spread out. I love the fact that it's every everywhere has its own individual neighborhood feel, and really the city encompasses the entire county almost. I mean we're only thirty minutes from downtown, I would think, um, but or maybe forty. Uh, but it, it certainly. For me, it's about, it's, there's always like a unique personality here. It feels very true. Like people are genuine. And, and, um, I do think that, you know, there's a little bit more tie into to land. It's less, um, it's less hectic all over the place. I mean, I love LA, mm-hmm. LA has its own personality, but it's a very different personality from here. Um, and the fact that it is not that far from LA, I think is, is a great draw to get people down. But all along mm-hmm. the five as you're coming down, each individual city has its own sort of, its own vibe, which I, I think is pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I, I, you I think you're on your lunch break instead of sitting in traffic.
3: Yeah, I know. I mean, we honestly, when, so we, if we lived here 15 years ago, after here was Vegas, so I spent four years there. I spent four years in Singapore after that. I rounded back out through two years in France and then landed in LA. When we were back in LA, every weekend we could get away, we would drive down here. And I have a, I have a son, so we would you know, get him surfing at Cardiff or we would go to Moonlight Beach or you know we'd go to a museum downtown like pre-COVID times. And so I felt like if we were gonna do anything outside of LA for here, it just felt very natural for us. So it was a, it was a really an easy move. Yeah, so You've like, already,
1: you already familiarized yourself with the city. you would already kind of fell in lo- fallen in love with it in certain yeah. ways, you with your son and the activities. And I mean, you're, you're right about the space. I mean, that, that's what I always say about L.A. And, I, God, I love L.A.'s culture. I love the dining scene. I love the art scene, the fashion scene. The, I mean, the chaos. And it's just, you know, it's, it's fireworks, a human fireworks on every street corner, you know? But, you know, it takes an hour to go from neighborhood to neighborhood, You know, whereas San Diego, you can reach, especially if you're in the center of the city, you can reach everywhere in 15 minutes. And if you're up in, (laughs)
0: you
1: know, Carlsbad, if you're up in that Cardiff, Carlsbad area, you can reach those farms up there in 15, 20.
0: Let's jump into two people, 50 bucks. Eric, I know that you're new to town, but have there been any places you've been able to try or want to try coming up?
3: I honestly, I mean, I haven't had too much time to go out. So I'm still looking for, you know, people to give me recommendations. I probably should be in the, the opposite side of this conversation. Um, <laughs> but there's certainly a lot of small places. I mean, I, you know, I've heard about Convoy District. So there's certainly like, I'm going to get over there to, to eat. Um, my son was born in Singapore. We love to travel. We love food from hmm. all over. So I'm super psyched to get over there. Um, and then, you know, I love everything. that's like, it's fresh, clean food um, and super vibrant flavors, you know, it's, it's not, doesn't have to be umami bombs all over, but it has to be like, truthful. <laughs> I think that's the biggest thing, truthful food. Um, so, yeah, I don't have like places that I could say go eat for 50 bucks. That's, but so, that's totally
1: okay. I mean, really, I mean, this is like where Eric wants to eat now that he's here for 50 bucks.
3: <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, I've heard about Chico and Encinitas. That's one. Um, orange chicken. What is it? It's like Chinese. The orange.
1: They oh. do, yeah, they do orange chicken, but they do it you know, in a way more natural way than we all know it growing up on the fast food, right? And so it's just, it's more of a gourmet house-made version of that classic orange chicken, and it's really, really
3: good. It's really not good. just corn syrup. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Where else? Ramen, Minya Ultra—that would be one. Mm -hmm. I mean, throwing out names, and you got to tell me if they're on. That's that's... not.
2: Marie,
0: how about you? Two people, fifty dollars.
2: So my pick this week is um, also in North County. It's the tri tip at Cardiff Seaside Market, also known as uh, the Cardiff Crack. And I don't know what it is that they do to the meat. Troy, can you explain? They have some weird system where they marinate it with some kind of vacuum spinner machine. But the tri-tip is uh, so tender and so good.
1: Yeah, it's sous vide drugs. That's really what it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. Uh, you know, they've been they've been serving that thing for so many years. And well, their seaside market is one of the markets that cared about food. You know, I mean, they really, like, you know, got good meats. They did a lot of different marinades. They, you know, really worked on well, I'm, I'm playing with food and developing those recipes. They have been for decades, you know. So when they landed on, you know, that that tri-tip, you know, it just became citywide legend, you know. And I don't know exactly what is the marinade, you know. But um, I'll bet you Eric's going to re- reverse engineer it here now that he's living in Cardiff. Uh, but it is fantastic. It's one of my favorite things, too. <laughs>
0: Well, it just so happens to me that was almost what I was going to pick because I'm sticking with the whole ballpark theme. <laughs> but so uh, I almost picked the card of crack as well, but I actually ended up deciding to go with Pizza Port, which you can find at the ballpark. I'm going to get one of their large anti-wimpy gourmet pizzas. These are the like most unhealthy pizzas on the menu that they actually put them in their own category called anti-wimpy. And I'm going to get the large meat extreme meat pizza with pepperoni, meatballs, Canadian bacon, and some salami and sausage. And then I'm going to top that off with a six-pack of my go-to IPA in San Diego, which is the Pizza Port Swami's IPA. And it's like the most well-balanced IPA I think you're going to find in town. So
1: that's what okay. I, where I'm going. And Troy, you? a legend. I'm going to go with another um, icon, one of my favorite chefs uh, in, in San Diego, and she's done a lot for you know, the whole, the whole scene over like the last 10, 15 years, you know, and I know she's struggled, you know, during all of this to keep her um, place going. Isabel's Cantina. It's over in Pacific Beach. Um, Isabel Cruz is a, she is a healthier, healthy-ish, um, you know, um, let Latin cook. You know, she does a lot of Mexican food. She does, you know, she has like her carnitas, like crispy carnitas nachos are really good. She has all kinds of tacos, pretty much anything that you order from her. Um, it is going to be, it's not going to be greasy. It's not going to be you know, all that. It's, it, it's just marinated right. She takes her time. She gets the best ingredients. She owned a farm in Oregon. She knows what the best ingredients tastes like. You're just getting an old, not old, excuse me, pardon me. You're getting a, you're getting a veteran you know, uh, of the scene who knows how to pair flavors and how to develop those, you know, long simmered stews and, and everything else. And, you know, you now she's on a weekend menu only. So, you know, you have to order ahead and uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I believe she's open. So, but Isabel's Cantina, um, a, a kind of like just an, older sister of the food scene, you know, and she's really mentored a lot of people in this town. And I'd really (laughs) like to see her make it through this. And it's every bit worth every dollar you spend.
0: I'll go as far as saying that I think it's probably my favorite breakfast spot in all of San Diego. Like, I don't think a lot of people go there for breakfast, but they do this like amazing dish called like the Nirvana, which is just like this awesome brown rice and steamed vegetables with uh, egg whites and they have these like their sauces are just like out of this world so yeah I mean and you're,
1: you're in PB I mean PB
0: I mean you've got a m- many
1: many choices in American flag bikinis but you don't have many choices <laughs> in, in terms of food, you know <laughs> and and you know she really brought like a culinary side to to what is a, a fantastic party zone and, you know it is a <laughs> great place to grind just not to find grinds yeah, that's that's cat. Like, i can't believe i said that that's such a bad dad joke but anyway I, I,
0: um, i'll yeah. leave it in there just to humiliate you a little bit i, that
1: out. <laughs> you know, me, I appreciate if you'd mortify me more thank you very much.
0: <laughs> <laughs> great well uh once again eric thank you for joining us today where is the best place that people can find you and the restaurant on social media and best way to order online things along those lines
3: well order online there is no order online for now but check out oh. the Obviously, the website, I think it's jeanjolie.com. I'm really like, I don't have it in my head yet. The Instagram <laughs> is uh, is also jeanjolie.
1: You're seeing so it. I would
3: check out Instagram to check out the website. What's up? I,
1: I love the fact that you're so new, and this is the amazing part about it. You're so new to this operation that you don't even know your Instagram handle yet. Google does
3: a great job. I I haven't <laughs> even officially started. It yet. So for that unfortunately I don't have those details but I'm okay. going to
1: learn. Yeah, I think you've had bigger things. You moved your entire family down to San Diego and you're trying to, you know, help steer one of our best restaurants into its new direction. I you know, if you don't have the Instagram account, you're not posting every day yet, I think you're
0: okay. We'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You can also find Troy on Instagram at heytroyjohnson.com. Follow his adventures. You can find me on Instagram at David Eli Martin, and you can email Marie at marie.t@sdmag.com. at Once again, I just want to remind you that we do put up a blog post of all this awesome information. And if you want to reach out to us, tell us your two people for 50 bucks. Give us a call at 619-744-0535 and leave a voicemail. Or if you'd like, you can email as well at happy half hour at sdmag.com. And uh, that's all we, uh, we got for you this week. I hope you uh, enjoyed the show and to talk to you later. Eric,
1: um, from from me, uh, I cannot wait to come home, get to know you in person, tr- um, see what you're doing with that program. Um, I am absolutely thrilled that, you know, I, I know of your reputation and you were on my, my just dream list of where when I travel north, where to eat, you know, in Auburn. And I'm I'm so glad that you landed here. And good luck with the next iteration. No pressure though. We genuinely, genuinely love de Julie. So if you mess it up, um,
3: you know, All right, no pressure there. No, but thanks. <laughs> super kind words. I'm really excited. Um, you know, it's gonna stay the same. It's not like we're not revamping everything. We're just gonna we're gonna push it forward. So that's that's super happy to get my my you know my feet wet and get moving forward so awesome see you soon yeah
1: all right you Great. guys i'll see you next week later